0: Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new Toyota Camry LE, the 2017 version, today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check out PuenteHillsToyota.com. I am Dave dunn This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. And you know what? We are celebrating. When did the Clippers win a title? They've never done it. When's the last time the Dodgers have won a title? 1988. The Angels last won the World Series in 2002. The Ducks took down the Stanley Cup in 2007. The Lakers, your Lakers, last won the NBA title in 2010. The Galaxy took home an MLS Cup in 2014. The same year the Kings took down the Stanley Cup. Those are the last times an L.A. team has won a title until now, baby. Most popular team in all of Southern California sport, tied with the Lakers. Chivas wins Liga MX Clausura title, beating Tigres in leg two, 2-1 at home. Alan Pulido, didn't we say Alan Pulido had to have a game? The kid showed up, right? We previewed it last week on the show, and the kid showed up. A brilliant goal in the 17th minute. It really changed the complexion of everything. Tigres was on their, their back heel the rest of the game. Jose Vasquez puts it away essentially in the 70th minute. They hang on after Ismael Sosa gets a late goal. Tigres has been living on the edge with the late goals. They did it in the first leg. You've got to give Matias Almeida a lot of credit for getting that team back up after the road leg where they go up 2-0. And Chivas then dumps the lead late to Andre Pierre-Gignac with two late goals. And they come back, and we can celebrate now. Chivas has won their 12th title In Liga MX, baby. Tied with the the awful, the evil Club America for the most titles ever. An L.A. team has won a title yet again. And we celebrate it here on Soccer Weekly, 877-710-ESPN. The number if you want to get involved, 877-710-3776. The Twitter handle for me is at TalkSoccer if you'd prefer to uh, interact there. Don't talk and drive on Twitter, all right? Be careful. What a game it was. Seriously, though, this is a massive win for Chivas. Uh, First title in a long time. They pick up their 12th ever League MX trophy. They do it at home in front of those rabid fans. Saw a lot of fans from L.A. travel down to Guadalajara, and watch that game live, there was a ton of fans that came from the Los Angeles area and the Southern California area. And, you know, if you're driving around, you you don't really love soccer, but you love me because, let's face it, this is the best soccer show in all the world already. You love Mario, you love Jesse, you love me, Dave Denholm. Even if you don't love the game, you know how big Chivas is here. And if you don't, I'll say it again. It's the Lakers and Chivas, 1-1A. And then the Dodgers. And then the whatever, fill in the blanks on the teams going all the way down the list. Chivas gets it done. And Pulido had to have a big game. I love what they did. Really, coming off of that 2-2, that was a 2-2 loss in the first leg to Tigres. Right? When you're up 2-0 and you give up those two late goals, it feels like everything has fallen apart for Chivas. They were in control on that road to the first leg, and then they just blow it. And it seems like there's no way back. But like I said, Almeida had them ready to go. And from the first whistle, they outplayed Tigres. They really did. And I got to give them a lot of credit. I thought Tigres was going to win. After what happened in leg one and the way that Tigres had been playing, I did. I, th- I picked them. Even though they were the seven seed coming to the playoffs, they were the team I felt was going to win the title. And Chivas fully deserved. That victory. If you want to talk about it, 877, 710 7, ESPN. This is a team that's won the double. They take Copa, Copa MX and then they win the uh, League MX Clausura. Also, we got Champions League, the final preview. Definitely want to break that down with you here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Taking a look at Juventus versus Real Madrid. This is an absolutely classic matchup. It is whatever you want of the immovable object versus the irresistible force, whatever cliche you want to use. The greatest offense on any given day on the planet versus the best defense. And it's not two legs, remember. If it's 180 minutes, I don't give uh, Juventus much of a chance. It's one leg, 90 minutes. 90 minutes. And then it's done. And that gives Juventus a real puncher's chance in this game. But it is. It's absolutely two forces that are just going to just clash head on. That defense for Juventus. Now, mind you, Juve's been much more, I guess, I don't know, fun to watch offensively than people give him credit for at times. You know, and and certainly in Syria, ah, oh, they're going to dominate. They always do. I get it. But even Europe, I like what they're doing offensively as well. This is a team that has really opened it up because they know they've got that rock-solid defense. Chiellini and Bonucci, you can't, please. Plus, their wings get up and down the pitch. They know they've got help in the center. And you know you got the old man Buffon in the, in the net who can stop anything. I think he's 58 years old. I think John Luigi Buffon turned 58 last week, if I'm not mistaken. And yet he stops everything as if he's a 28-year-old. It's incredible. Galaxy get their third straight win on the road. How about my Galaxy and Gio Dos Santos, Romana, Sandrini? Really starting to click together. Really starting to click together. I know we were all in panic mode earlier. Now it's five straight unbeaten, three straight wins. These are the things that really start to kind of slowly... Move you up the table in MLS when there's so much parity. You pick up road wins. That is massive in this league. Absolutely massive. And by the way, there's four games going on in MLS right now. A couple of them are already... Nobody on the road's going to win. That's how... It's just almost impossible at times to win on the road in MLS. And the Galaxy have come up with three straight... Absolutely impressive victory in the Cali go against the the awful, the disturbed, the terrible San Jose Earthquakes. Just disgusting team. I hate them. So that was even better. A beautiful win. We also had the U.S. men's national team preliminary roster coming out for these friendly, or not friendlies, I beg your pardon, the World Cup qualifiers. They do have a friendly coming up, but World Cup qualifiers, including Mexico, USA, and Mexico, We'll certainly have more to say of that in the coming weeks. This is Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Dunholm here on ESPN LA 710. Once again, it's presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LA today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, puentehillstoyota.com. Now, the stuff for you to get involved, you can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, or you can hit me on the phones, 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-ESPN. Mario, this tweet is for you. This was from... Uh, Looks like CA, as in like California, tweeted in, what about the LA Sparks last year? You're right.
1: We knew that was going to come We up.
0: knew. We knew they took the title down. You're right. I completely forgot to put them on the list. Absolutely. But the LA is a champion again as Chivas takes Liga MX in their title. And they get it done with a massive win over who most thought were the best team in Mexico, which I got to be honest, I'm one of the most. I'm not going to sit here back away from it. I thought Tigres was the best team. But Chivas, I said it before the the Clausura uh, playoffs began. Before Leguia began, I said, you know, look, Chivas is a team that can get it done. They, the Defensively, they're solid. Pulido's there. He's got the talent. He's got to really turn it on. And there's been times when Pulido's been kind of uh, non-existent this season, but not when it mattered. That brilliant goal that first goal was a thing of beauty. Taking it out of the air. If you have not seen highlights of this, seriously. And then Jose Vasquez gets it done in the seventieth. We got this we got that what it sounds like, don't we? What do they call him, Mario? The rooster? The el chicken? gallito, el gallito. Oh, I thought it was a chicken. Sorry. <laughs> Here we go, let's check it out. Aquí servicio Carmona el dueño sigue el bueno, trata de volver a meterse al área, sigue peleando el bueno Fierro, que mete centro el rechazo del Chaga que la deja ahí. El of univision i do play-by-play in soccer for fox soccer i do not do it like that that is magic oh that was brilliant el Galito, Gaito, little jose vasquez the rooster gets it done and what a goal that was too right outside the area i mean look chivas deserved it You know, look, here's another thing I want to bring up. I have to say this because it was bothering me. And if you follow me on Twitter, you knew about it when the games were going on. At Talk Soccer, by the way, you can hit me up there. I was absolutely enraged by the Liga MX finale, right? The final game, leg two. I was absolutely enraged by something that was going on there. And I have to get it off my chest. That referee in the Liga MX leg two final, if you have ever watched an MLS game and for one minute complained about the referee, shame on you after that Liga MX final. That referee lost control. That was one, I, I got to say, hes he may be the best referee in Mexico and just had a bad game. That's possible because he's got the finale, you know, they're putting him in the final, the grand final and he's, uh, you know, leg two, this is it. So he must be a good referee. Wow, what a rough day he had. He changed the complexion of that game from the first whistle. He wouldn't call anything. It was like a hack fest. It was unbelievable. Nothing to settle down that game. No yellow cards given out early. Nothing. And it changed the complexion of the game. Does it mean Chivas shouldn't have won? No. Better team won. Chivas fully deserved it. Nothing that the referee did or did not do takes away from what Chivas did at all. I'm not sitting here telling you there was some missed penalties along the way or anything. People had some beefs about that late. It was close. I'm not even saying that. Chivas fully deserved it. Pulling back from that as just a fan of the beautiful game and wanting to see a great Liga MX final, that referee did not have a good game at all. It was awful. And if you complain about MLS refereeing, shame on you. If you watch that game, and you know what I'm talking about if you saw it. If you watch this Liga MX final, which millions of you did, by the way, according to the uh, TV ratings. Millions and millions of you did on Univision. You know what I'm talking about. Again, doesn't change the complexion of who should have won. Or No. Don't give me that, Tigres fans. You did not deserve to win. You try to leave it late like you always seem to be doing lately. That's going to bite you in the rear. And uh, Chivas fully deserved it. So don't give me that, but you can't sit there and say that the referee did not change the complexion of the game in the way it was played. Now, teams can adapt, and they did, and they should, but it made a difference. It was, in terms of how that game went, not the winner or loser, but the way the game was played, that referee did not have a good game, in the least, at all. What does it take for Juventus to defeat Real Madrid? in the upcoming Champions League final this weekend. I'm going to tell you that and so much more when Soccer Weekly continues here on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710, it's the home of world football here in the Southland, Southern California zone, ESPN LA 710. This is Soccer Weekly. I am your host, Dave Denholm, hanging out with you until 8 o'clock this evening right here on ESPN LA 710. The number to get involved, 877-710-ESPN. That's 877-710-3776. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, spelled as you might imagine. Got a uh, tweet from a Roberto who says, thank you, better team one. Speaking of the Liga MX final, glad you can see that and not complain about the penalty and penalty only. Now, Roberto, the better team won, no doubt. Fully deserved by Chivas to take down Clausura and win their 12th Liga MX title. Fully deserved. And anybody who says otherwise is just nuts. Over two legs, the better team won over those two legs. No doubt about it. Also got a tweet from Tyler. Thoughts on keeping Jermaine Jones on the bench. Lots of fans are opposed to him reclaiming his starting spot. Tyler, if I'm Curtin-Awful, I don't mess with anything right now. Why in the world do I screw around with a team that's, you know, unbeaten in five, three straight road wins? They got the most road wins in the league. They're now fourth in the Western Conference in points per game. 17 points from their 12 games. Back up to 500 on the season. I don't mess with anything. Look, Jermaine, you're going to have to just wait your turn for a while here, bud. Don't mess around. Joao Pedro's starting to get comfortable in the midfield for the Galaxy. Boateng needs to be out there as much as possible. I know we've got a lot of injuries, and we probably will get banged up even further, and Jermaine Jones will get back onto the field at some point. But I didn't like what I was seeing out of the team when he was there. Now, it might have just been early, right? Alessandrini's is new. Joao Pedro, as I mentioned, new. Things take time. I'm not blaming it all on Jermaine Jones, but you don't mess around with what's working right now. Eight seven 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 ten 710 espn 877 710 the number for you to get involved. Now, what happens in this Champions League final? How in the world can Juventus beat the great and mighty Real Madrid and Cristiano Ronaldo? The way for Juventus to win is simple, and I'll explain it to you right now. The way for Juventus to win is score two goals. Now, you're thinking, what in the world are you doing here? You're not Kreskin, Denholm. Why are you predicting just two goals? What is that going to— follow me you cannot necessarily you're not beating real madrid 1-0 you're not doing it i know juventus's defense is capable absolutely juventus is unreal defensively no question about we all know that danny alves and bombing down the wings they've got everything Benucci, like i said and chiellini are playing at a level that have just is just unreal but you can't hold down Real Madrid for 90 minutes, generally speaking, right? This is not a team that gets shut out very often. So you're going to have to score. Now, to me, if, if we see Juventus get to two goals, I'm not talking about scoring them in the first 30 minutes and holding out, whatever. If the game plays out that Juventus has two goals on that scoreboard, they're going to win. They're going to win this game. They're going to win the Champions League if Juventus scores two goals. Because of the way the ebb and the flow of the game must have been taken out, right? I'm I'm looking at it like, if then. I'm not going to sit here and and be Kreskin predicting they're going to score two. If they get to two, Juventus wins Champions League. Because of the way the game will have played out then. They're certainly defensively, they're not going to give an inch. It's going to be tough for Real Madrid to score. So the game's going to be tight at times, no doubt. And Real's going to try to open it up. Juventus can play a little more wide open, again, than people think. And certainly than they have been over the last maybe few seasons. This is a team that can definitely open up. I don't love Juan Cuadrado, but he does bring some speed. You've got Manzukas, You've got Dybala, who I love playing some great football. Iguain is just a professional Marquisio can play, he's tough as nails, but he can get up and down the field. Miralem Pjanic, I mean, they got they got weapons. We know the names. So they're not devoid of offensive talent, but you have got to get to two goals. And if they do, they will win. And I suspect it'll be a 2-1 final. That is Juventus's only way. They're not winning 1-0 against Real Madrid. How do you see the uh, UEFA Champions League final going down? Juventus and Real Madrid, the two best teams in Europe right now. The way they've been playing all season. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776, the number for the soccer fans to get involved. Also talking about Chivas' championship. They win. Clazura win their 12th title. Fully deserved. Great goals from Alan Pulido and... Jose Vasquez in the 70th minute pretty much put it away. Ismael Sosa with a great goal in the 88th. Kind of made it a little few tense moments late for Mateo Salmaida. But again, I think Mateus Almado had done a great job, unbelievable coaching job, getting them recovered from that first leg in which they essentially lost 2-2. Right? That was a loss. When you're up 2-0 and you give up two late goals to Andre Pierre Gignac and, and let Tigres fight and scratch and claw back... That is a loss in leg one. I know you're going home for the second leg. But there ain't no way Chivas fans were just ultra confident after that first leg, the way they lost those goals late. No way. So for Matthias Almeida to get them refocused and to play like Chivas did in that second leg, that is just fantastic coaching. Speaking of coaching, a big move in Liga MX... Miguel Herrera goes back to America, Club America. I'm pretty sure Miguel Herrera has coached every professional Mexican football team that's ever existed. I'm pretty sure. I'll have to check on that. Maybe we can Wikipedia that, Mario. But I think he's pretty much coached every Mexican team that ever existed. And now he's coming back to Club America, where he spent a short time earlier this uh, decade. And that's an interesting move, certainly. I would love to see Miguel Herrera someday be in MLS. Yeah, there, I said it. I'm not afraid of saying that. Absolutely. I would love to see that. He's just got that kind of style. Right? Is he the best tactical coach I've ever seen? No. Is he a little underrated that way? Yeah, probably. Is he a motivator? Yeah. Is he nuts? Absolutely. Love it. I want that passion on the sidelines. And certainly, Herrera brings it, and he will bring it back to Club America. And they've got to be stinging because Chivas has drawn level with Club America on titles, right? That's got to just be killing them right now. Each at 12, it's been so long for Club Amer- or for uh, Chivas. Ugh. That's got to be tearing America apart, the bitter rival. So, yeah, it's an interesting move. we got another coaching move that has happened across the pond that I want to break this down. I want to know what your thoughts are on Arson Wenger. I'll give you – I'll share with you mine on why Arsenal made the absolute – well, I'll tell you if it's right or the wrong move. Coming up, I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly, presented by Puente Hills Toyota on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm hanging out with you, breaking down and working up in the minutia that is the most beautiful game in the world – and you are listening to the home of the beautiful game here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. You want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at TalkSoccer, at TalkSoccer. Or you can uh, call us, 877-710-ESPN. We take your phone calls. Look, we got people listening from all over the United States, probably the world, if i being honest over at ESPN Los Angeles. I mean, let's let's be realistic. And uh, we want to hear from you. 877-710-ESPN, 877 3776 Coaching changes seem to be uh, in the news at this time of year when it comes to Europe and now Liga MX finishing up. And one of the changes that, well, everybody thought was going to be in the news, turns out it wasn't. Arsene Wenger. Re-signs up with Arsenal for a couple of uh, seasons. Two more seasons, it appears. And uh, Wenger will stay with Arsenal despite finishing fifth for the first time. They miss out on the uh, Champions League in, what, 20 years? A couple of decades, I think, since they finished fifth. Is this the right move? Well, you definitely, look, this is not an answer that is easy. First of all, I'm breaking this thing down, and I want to, I want your help at 877-710-3776 or on Twitter at TalkSoccer. It is not easy to sit here and tell you yes or no, one way or the other, of course they should have kept him, or of course they should. No. The man has had untold success there at Arsenal. Again, top four finish in 20 years straight. Seven FA Cup titles, including one just a couple of days ago. Three Premier League titles, including one where I thought was maybe the greatest season I've ever seen in world football, where his Arsenal side went unbeaten throughout an entire Premier League campaign. And everybody is just so quick, well, it's time to move on. Okay, let's break this down. Let's break this down. From Arsenal's perspective, they see the coaching carousel that is going on and on and on and on and on and on with teams. Barcelona just announces a new coach. The best teams in the world, they hire and fire coaches like I changed my underwear. What's that? We lost to our arch rival in October. You're fired. There are teams that literally this season have made three to four coaching changes in a year. We know this. I'm not preaching anything you guys don't know. So stability does matter. But there comes a time... When you cannot be afraid of the uncertain. And no matter what anyone wants to say, Arsenal firing Arsene Wenger or getting rid of him or forcing him out or him retiring or whatever nice spin they want to put on it, that is uncertain. That means the club is in a state of uncertainty going forward, no doubt. Guess what, Arsenal? It could fail. Yes, you could hire the wrong dude who comes in and makes your club Less attractive, less effective, less efficient, less successful. But you know what? You could also go out and hire the right guy who takes what Arsene Wenger has built and takes that just one or two levels further because clearly Arsene Wenger cannot get it done Year in, year out. Now, he's had success, quote-unquote. Yeah, I could beat West Brom with his roster every year, too. Yeah, I could finish finish higher than Stoke City or Bournemouth or Burnley. Yes! It was time. This was the year to do it. He finished outside that top four. You're going to Europa League. You shake hands. You say, Arsene Wenger, you are a hero in all of Arsenal history. And it's time to go. And you take your chances because that's what massive clubs do. Not good clubs. Not nice clubs. Not decent clubs. Massive clubs take their shot. And Arsenal is not on that level anymore. I don't care where they finish. It's always nice to finish high. They don't finish high enough. This is professional sport. There are no certificates for attempting to be great. you got to be great. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. We've seen this in other sports, too. It's becoming less and less like that. It's time to move on. There, you don't see guys lasting as long as Arsene Wenger in, practically in any sport anymore. NFL. NBA, you lose, you're gone. Now, has he lost? No, but has he won? Not lately. And if you count the FA Cup, that's fine. It's a a fabulous tournament. Those are nice. But they they are a couple of steps behind in Champions League. No matter what anyone tells me, you look at the top teams. Arsenal are no longer a top club on the field. Are they still a massive club off the field, potentially? Yes, of course. They have everything going for them, potentially. Get the right guy in there. Arsene Wenger has taken that club as far as he can, and he took them far. You can never take that away from him. But he took them as far as he can. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Also, hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Champions League coming up. We're talking about Arsene Wenger leaving Arsenal and Champions League, the final Real Madrid and Juventus want to go to the phones. 877-710-ESPN to do what Danny in L.A. has done. Danny, you are next up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave at What's going on, man? Hey, man, all I got to say is that Juventus plays the same style as Atletico, but the difference is that they put more pressure up on top. But the way I think that Real Madrid will win is because they have players such as Isco and Modric that can take a player or two off of them. Yep. And, to, and make some noise. No, they make space. They definitely, I mean, they absolutely make space for their teammates. Modric is just playing at a different level right now. And Isco has been great as well. No question, Danny. Those are two guys that are going to have to have big games, sustaining possession, and again, drawing, like Danny says, and he's right on, thank you for the phone call, drawing away those defenders from Ronaldo and the other players up front. Luka Modric has been dynamic. Modric is just doing all the little things that people don't necessarily see. I know it's a cliche, but you don't see it on the stat line all the time with him. But Modric is so good. And Isco, of course, very talented young player. No question about that. But I really love what Luka Modric has done this season. And I agree with Danny. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776, the number for you to get involved. Let's go to Raul. He's out in Upland. Raul, you're next up on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's going on, man? Hey,
1: I uh, love your show. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention uh, I disagree with the fact
0: that uh, that it's an Le Championship that will won the title. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, I'm wondering why you haven't mentioned anything about Totti. He was just retired. Uh, that's a big news. Francesco Totti, huge news. One of the greats of all time in Italian football. What did he spend like 25 years there? He's 40 years old. And he played his last game for Roma the other day. Yeah, I mean, he's a living legend. You know, Raul, will we see that again, though, in this day and age? With all the way the money flies around and agents and the and the, the, the influence they have on where players go and come and go, will we ever see another Toti again spending that much time at one club? Uh, Yeah, it's going to be kind of hard. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is yeah. going to be difficult. I mean, maybe Messi, you know, maybe Messi will stay at Barcelona his entire career, although... That disappoints me no end that we'll never see him potentially playing in MLS. But, yeah, I mean, Raul brings up a great point. Toti is a living legend, and we needed to reference that, certainly. And uh, Roma, were, they were shedding tears over that, no doubt about it. That, uh, Toti plays his final game for uh, Roma. Got a tweet in from Daniel, and we appreciate that, at Talk Soccer. He says, what's your take with MLS? Who do you see as the top five in Major League Soccer? Daniel, it's a good question. Now, this is ebb and flowing here, so I'm going to tell you who I see top five in terms of talent and the way they play, right? Daniel Daniel knows if he's following an MLS, which he is. If you're following MLS, which you probably are, the way this, this league goes, look, it's, it's very fluctuating within the regular season, no doubt about it, injuries, call-ups, so we get that. These are my five teams that I believe are the best, regardless of where they are right now necessarily, in the standings, and I'm not even going to put them in necessarily in order. I do have my number one. I'll wait for them at the end. But these are the top five teams the way I see them in MLS talent wise. FC Dallas has to be included. That is a dangerous, dangerous team. Uh, they they are certainly in my top five. You know who else is in my top five? Chicago Fire. Bastion Schweinsteiger is making a whole lot of difference there. He's not making all the difference. But his stability in that midfield has made a lot of the difference. Chicago almost unbeaten at home, almost unbeatable. They have only one draw at home out of seven matches, 6-0 and one at home. So they're just, they're incredible. And the uh, third team out of my top five that has to be included, the LA Galaxy. Now, I know you're sitting there, oh, you homer. Yeah, they're my LA Galaxy. But this is a team that's loaded, and they're starting to figure it out. I'm going to say that very quietly just because we're kind of whispering that one. They're starting to figure it out. Four of the top five – the fourth out of the top five teams for me in Major League Soccer, Orlando City, Kyle Larin, Kaká. This is a very, very dangerous team, especially at home. They start figuring out anything on the road, and they're going to be unbeatable overall. That is a very good team. And the best team for me in Major League Soccer right now, it is shifted over to the Eastern Conference. It's Toronto FC, without question. Unbeaten at home, five wins and two draws. Only one loss on the season from 14 matches. A team that had a horrific schedule. We talked about that on the show a few weeks ago. And battled right through it with nothing but wins, Daniel. They are the best team in MLS. On paper, record, well, you name it. Without a doubt, they're the team to beat right now in Major League Soccer. we got to get to our soccer scoreboard. It's a big, big day in uh, Major League Soccer. I wanted to wait a few minutes because there was a game wrapping up. Speaking of MLS, all the home teams... You know, are successful. NYCFC had a kind of battle against New England and only drew a draw at home, 2-2. But the rest of the home teams get the full three points. Columbus crew all over Seattle. I was watching that game earlier. The crew just destroyed Seattle 3-0. Orlando gets another win over D.C. United, 2-0. Giles Barnes and Kyle Laren. Barnes late in the game. Laren got things going in the 66th minute. And Houston Dynamo destroys the worst team in MLS, Real Salt Lake. 5-1. Kubo Torres, another goal. They are just, wow. Houston's playing very good. They still have some issues as far as I'm concerned. But, man, they're playing well. And Real Salt Lake is a joke. They're a mess right now. The worst team in MLS. They get drubbed. 5-1 the final there. Had some under-20 World Cup matches. The United States, by the way, playing in a few hours. Well, several, but i got to get up in a few hours for my, my game. Uruguay beat Saudi Arabia, a game that I called over on Fox, 1-0. Well, I hosted. England beat Costa Rica later 2-1 and Zambia over Germany 4-3. Something about that Zambia game that kind of struck me. We'll talk about that. 877-710-ESPN, 877 710 Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, puentehillstoyota.com. I'm Dave Dunholm. This is the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. ESPN LA 710, hello, Soccer Weekly, hanging out with you. I'm Dave Dunholm. The best soccer show in all the world here every Wednesday Throughout the football season and calendar, even beyond, we're going all the time. And they extended to an hour. This is season two, right? Extended to an hour, which we love. We appreciate them for that. We appreciate your feedback and the way you interact with the show at eight seven 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 ten espn or on Twitter with me at Talk Soccer, And don't do it when you're driving, all right? Don't get stupid. Do what Eric Rinaldi did, the great Eric Rinaldi. He pulled over off the side of the road and tweeted last time. So don't do, you know, just be safe on the roadways here in Southern California. I know how frustrating it'd be. If that's the case, just listen, and we appreciate that. And we thank you so much for all the interaction. Uh, I want to talk about a story here real quickly, and then get to a couple of final uh, things here that we love, um, including our the great stoppage time. There's this, the the under twenty World Cup going on. I'm covering it for Fox Soccer and my other yes, and it's been great. And you know, the, the games going on in the middle of the night here in Los Angeles. East Coast time a little different because of they're being played in South Korea, right? The Korea Republic. So they're, what, 16 hours ahead of us? So, yeah, that's going to really uh, make the games a topsy-turvy kickoff time. But I've seen a lot of stuff. I've been covering it. I haven't seen every game. I'm not going to lie, but I've seen a lot of them. And what bothers me is a respected journalist in uh, North American soccer, and this guy's great. I'm not in any way picking on him. He's just going to help illustrate the point. He sent out a tweet earlier on the day where he kind of just threw, you know, the score of the under twenty game between Zambia and Germany, and just wrote it as in his in his Twitter like Germany was upset by Zambia four three in added time. Now Zambia was up three one. Germany get two late goals, forcing the extra time, and then Zambia scores in extra time, and they move on to the the quarterfinals. Right? This was the round of sixteen. This is a knockout stage, and he gets kind of just a little throwaway tweet. Again, not picking on this dude. I'm never going to mention his name because he's great, and it's funny that he just popped up on my Twitter timeline as I said that. No lie, but I'm not going to mention his name because again, it's not. I'm not blaming him, but he kind of just threw it in. Oh, Zambia upset Germany. That was not an upset. Zambia is better than Germany in the under-20 level in this tournament. I've seen these teams. I've covered these games. I've done Zambia. I've done Germany. Zambia is better, but it illustrates a point. The reason I love football is it is world football. Everybody plays it. And guess what? Everybody seems to be improving all the time when it comes to this game. And that includes non-European countries. Don't get stuck in the mindset that what? Oh, Germany's attached? Hey, Germany's great at football. There's a reason he can say that Zambia upset Germany. I get it. The history of German football. But in this particular case, it's not true. Zambia is better than Germany in the under-20 level, this particular team, this particular tournament. But it proves my point that so many people are so myopic when it comes to European football. Like, it must be better. Yeah, a lot of things are great about European football. The Champions League, for one, and the final that's coming up in just a few days, that Real Madrid is going to win. Yeah, there you go. There's my prediction. But it's not always the case. Just just a little reminder of that. Speaking of European football that's great, though, Christian Pulisic, right? The American over at Borussia Dortmund. Could there be trouble? And I know a few people have referenced it. Mario and I, the great producer of the show, Mario Reeves, and I had this conversation days ago, and I was worried, like, Thomas Tuchel really loves Christian Pulisic, the kid. He's only 18. When coaches make changes or when changed at the top, meaning the team makes a coaching change – Things can sometimes happen with young players. Now, I'm going to whisper this because a lot of people don't like to always hear the truth about soccer. Christian Pulisic is not the finished deal. He's good. He's very good. He has the potential to be great. He's not great yet. He was a substitute, by and large, coming off of Borussia Dortmund's bench and did awesome this year. Taking nothing away from this kid. He's special. But he's not the finished article. And there are concerns now. You make a change at manager. I don't care how much your club loves you. I don't want to see Christian Pulisic buried on the bench because they bring in some staunch dude who doesn't love Christian Pulisic the way Thomas Tuchel did. That's got to be a concern. And I'd much rather go ahead and just see him get sold and move on to a team that for sure... Is desperate for his services and proves it by paying big money for him. Yes, I would rather see him move than I'm just, I'm fearful of it. We've seen it time and time again in world football with young players. Sometimes they get stuck behind the wrong manager and that can be trouble. Now, everyone will tell you Pulisic is so beloved there. Don't worry, Dave. Don't worry. Well, I'm sorry. I love U.S. football and I want Christian Pulisic to get better and better and better and he's not the finished product yet. So I am worried. Hit me up on Twitter if you have concerns as well at Talk Soccer here on Soccer Weekly. It's time for our favorite segment, Mario. What is it? Stop his
1: time, That's baby. Right, baby. It's
0: time, it? Stop his time. Yeah. Stop his time. It's stop his time. Right now.
1: All right, Dave. We got French footballer Andre Pierre Gignac. He's threatening to leave Mexico. You know he plays for Tigres in Mexico, of course. Yeah. Uh, Gignac has apparently had trouble with the reporter in Mexico. Uh, this reporter accuses Ginak of hitting him in the back just days before the final. And Gignac was obviously heated after the loss and sent out this uh, tweet here. It says, uh, too bad I didn't throw that bottle at you. I am not perfect and I have many defects. And if I have to leave because of the press in Mexico, then I will leave Mexico. I'm tired
0: of hearing the lies. Wow. Wow. That is a magnet. You know what? I got a couple of words for Andre Andre Pierre Gignac of uh, Tigris, and he's ticked off at the Mexican media. You know where the uh, soccer media is squishy soft, Andre? And you can enjoy your life and nobody will hound you except for me. America, baby. Come to the United States, Andre Pierre Gignac. Now's our chance. Your footballing life, right? Yes. We got nobody here who will threaten you in the media. I promise when it comes to soccer media in America, it is the softest of anywhere around the world. And, you know, he was far frustrated that he did get fired up. Come on over, baby.
1: I will welcome him into my home. Oh, my God. Cost-free. I got you. I will Giniac. pick him
0: up at the airport, whatever. I will carry him on my back. I am a fat man with bad knees who will probably pass out and die after about 20 minutes of that. But I will. I will. I will. Whatever they what do they call those? I will uh, rickshaw this dude around L.A. wherever he (laughs) wants to go uphills, downhills. I don't care.
1: He also said uh, to the reporter, what do you want to lie to people? Do you want fame? More followers on Twitter? You can't understand the sadness and anger of a player after losing a final.
0: You are after me, following me, yelling at me like an animal. Wow. I mean, those are strong words. I mean, that is the kind of thing you don't take lightly if you're Tigress, right? I mean, you can't just blow this off. Now, uh, who knows what's going to come of it, and maybe nothing. Maybe he just, you know, he, he does mention how frustrated he was at the, after the final, and he was ticked during that game, no doubt about it. And, you know, you like to see that out of your stars. You obviously want to see him ticked off after they lose, Mario. So maybe nothing will come of it, but, oh, man, if there is – this is an opening for MLS. Get it done. Get in there when he's ticked off. Appeal to his emotions like that. Come over and have a great life over here. You're making the same money. Guaranteed, I'm sure. We'll pay him. Absolutely, I'll chip in right now. And get it done. This is their opportunity. Get it done. That guy is worth it. This has been another great edition of Soccer Weekly. Thank you so much for listening on ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Denholm. This has been presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out at PuenteHillsToyota.com. Thanks so much to the great Mario Rees, the producer. Awesome job, Jesse Lopez, a man in the controls here. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home for world football here in Southern California, Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710.